Hello, and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Sweet, and this is episode 90. Holy shit, 90 episodes. <laughs> anyway, um, this is another spooky episode. Today, we're going to talk about the Bell Witch. So this is a legend that I found all over the internet. It's it's a pretty big legend, uh, and I thought it would be cool to talk about. I also want to point out something that I noticed after I did yet last week's episode, and then I started to do this one. Okay, yeah. So I'm doing out about a lot of this. I'm trying to find, like, spooky witch stories, um, and I'm just focusing on the U.S. for right now. But, like, the theme is, like, if a woman was not what the patriarchy felt a woman should be. So if they were outspoken, if they had sex with people, um, if they were assertive, if they were a bitch, then they vilified them and made them this like haunted witch, bad bitch. Um, and I think that sucks. Like they're fun, scary stories to like read about. But when I start thinking about how much the patriarchy has fucked with the image of being female. It really, like, lights a fire under my ass. Um, and, like, today, uh, my my daughter texted me, and she was, like, so for a little background, she works in, a, like, an auto um, sales and service place. So she is, she works at the service desk, so she helps um, you get your car in for servicing, helps you with parts you might need, all that stuff. Anyway, so she's in there, and I guess a lot of the men in her workplace talk down to her. She's very good at her job. Like, she knows her shit when it comes to cars. Like, I'm I, I'm completely ignorant to most of that mechanic stuff, <laughs> but she's really good. And I guess, like, she's had customers come in and just plain refuse to talk to her and ask for a man, which... Woo, I got her blood boiling and mine as well. <laughs> um, so she texted me and she's like, bah, this sucks. I'm really getting tired of these people. And I was just like, I know I hate this, but literally that's the rest of the world. I mean, you're not going to get away from that. The only thing that I told her, I'm like, you can't take it personally, even though it's very hard not to, and I still do it. Um, but be the best um person you can be at your job uh not for them but for you um know your stuff do well and let that shitty behavior that they're displaying to you like fuel your hate fire (laughs) like your motivation fire for for just being um your own badass and uh she was like I know it just really fucking sucks that you know I really love this job and then people and I know my shit and people treat me like this And I hate that that she's going through that, but that's, like, every woman ever (laughs) Um, that wants to do a job, especially ones inside uh, a male-dominated industry. So, I don't know. I kind of talked to her about it, and I'm like, seriously, if it's bothering you that much, you need to speak up. Like, also, let it fuel you for motivation, but the the only way this behavior stops is if you say something. And because it's not your, you know you don't own the business, please go to your supervisor. Talk to your supervisor about it. Say, hey, here's the deal. Like, I know my shit. I also know that, you know, I can always learn more. So don't, you know, I told her, don't, don't act like you're like know it all because no one ever knows 
all of anything. <laughs> but be be assertive. Say, hey, this is affecting, you know, my mental health at work. My coworkers and customers come in and they treat me like shit because, you know, I have a vagina. Um, and, you know, maybe not use the word vagina, but whatever. But definitely confront the situation and... Um, if you are upset about it, be the change. <laughs> and she was like, fuck. <laughs> um, I just feel bad that she's going through it, but it's something that I think all of us, men and women, everybody, um, goes through some type of thing where we get demeaned or thought less of because of the way we dress. Because if we have, you know, genitalia like really you're gonna pick a dude over a woman in in a workplace because he has a dick and she has a vagina like I just think that's ridiculous um and especially in this day and age it's like genitalia don't mean shit (laughs) okay people um we are way past that get fucking past it let's move on to intellect um connection with people compassion empathy let's move on to that stuff can we please pretty please Okay, done ranting there. Um, I have one more rant <laughs> that I want to add to this. So this is like a public service announcement. Um, I have stopped doing readings for the public. I only have been doing readings now. From now forward, I'm just doing um, like just the coven. Uh, they get their, their monthly and their quarterly readings from me. And that's all I'm doing, mainly for my own mental health. It's um, it's a lot to take on, you know, reading for a lot of people every month when you already have to read for a lot of people every month <laughs> separately. So, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to step away from offering any services to the public. And another reason why I feel like I want to step away is because I've been getting an overwhelming amount of people asking me, when am I going to get married? When am I going to die? When is, you know, the end of (laughs) this or that? And they're asking me to do readings and involve other people with it. And to me, that's, I was taught that that's not ethical. I feel it's not ethical to tell someone you're going to get married on April 17th, 2023, and you'll die the 18th. Like this is fucking wrong. Um, or to say that, you know, your pet is going to die next week. I'm sorry, but that's, I know there's a lot of mediums that are going to throw me some serious shade for that, but I was taught that that is an ethical boundary that you don't cross and I want to stick by that. And that's why I'm speaking out about it is because I have seen, um, this happening as requests from clients and, you know, I educate them. Hey, I don't do that. Um, to me, that's not ethical. Also, timelines change so fast based on very small things. Think the butterfly effect. So, um, just a little PSA there. If you do go to a medium and they're going to tell you when you're going to die, your pet's going to die, or when you're going to get married and fall in love or whatever, to me, that's a red flag. That might not be a red flag for everybody. For, for me, that's like, I'm going to stop the session and give them my money and, you know, because I paid for it and walk out. Um, because that's not ethical. So <laughs> we'll stop uh, ranting about that and let's talk about the Bell Witch. Um, so uh, I want to preface this that this episode is brought to you by um, Green Moon Apothecary. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. But anyway, let's get on with it. So the Bell Witch. The Bell Witch story starts in like 18... Let's see. Let me look. In 1804. 
Ha, found it. Okay, so this guy, John Bell, and his family settled on around 300 acres of land around Adams, Tennessee. Oh my gosh, guys. So all the cats are in my room. I just want to take a break here. All my cats are in my room because we are repainting. I'm, I'm painting the walls of like the living. Everything is all messed up. Let's just put it that way. Oh my gosh. And when I move furniture around and make things look like chaos, the cats like respond with very, very, very like energy. So they're just, oh my gosh, quit. They're everywhere. They're bouncing off things. They're knocking things off. So this might be an episode full of a lot of noises and I'm sorry. Anyway, so I was talking about John Bell. So he uh, bought some land for his family to settle on in 1804. So according to this, to all of the sources that I could find, there was a woman named Kate Batts. And there was some kind of dispute between her and him. Uh, some say it was like that she felt that she got uh, tricked out of a shitty land deal. So there was some, some land issues between them and... Oh my god, my cat. Ah, he climbing my back. Anyway, um so she was portrayed in almost every one and let's just be honest, in every one of these articles I read and the documentation about this, it was that he or that she was basically a bitch and he was like just the bestest man, um uh, upstanding citizen and she's just a bitch. So anyway, um so what happened <laughs> was that they had this feud going on. So basically just like some kind of neighbor fate, you know, feud. So so there are accounts of her on her deathbed swearing that she would haunt John Bell <laughs> for being an asshole basically on her deathbed. Um, and she swore to haunt all of his descendants as well. So after her death is when they had reported that shit started to get weird. So things like um, John Bell, supposedly he was out tending to his farm and he saw a weird ass animal that, a, that looked like a black dog with the head of a rabbit. <laughs> and he shot at it. Um, it didn't say whether he killed it or not. It just says he shot at it and was afraid. Um, and then later on, oh my gosh, the cat just knocked over a bunch of stuff. Quit. Anyway, so, um, where was I? Oh yeah. So the, the rabbit, the rabbit dog. <laughs> so, so after that, things kind of escalated. His wife, uh, her name was Lucy and all of his children started hearing like pounding and scratching noises on the inside of their house walls. Yikes. <laughs> um, voices, they started hearing voices, um, that sort of thing. And then they really got freaked out when they, this entity started doing physical things like throwing pillows across the room, pulling hair, uh, kind of like, oh, pulling off bed sheets. Like the kids would be sleeping and all of a sudden the, their bed sheets would be just like ripped off of their beds. Fuck that. I'm sorry. I have a real high tolerance for fucked up shit. And if I'm laying in bed and my covers get ripped off, I'm out. I'll go sleep in the barn. I don't care, but I'm not sleeping in the house. <laughs> um, Anyway, so things escalated to the point where um, they really started getting concerned. Um, the 
main target, I guess, for the physical assault, so like the pinching and pulling the hair and stuff like that, was Betsy Bell. That was his daughter. So, um, they were staunch Baptists, like, and I grew up first Baptist, so I know, like, it just teaches you doom and gloom, like, there is no way to be good enough on this earth, you just, you know, suck it up and hopefully you'll make it and go to heaven. Anyway, very doom and gloom, very, very, um, strict. Anywho, so that's how he, his family in the community was. So he didn't want to go out and be like, hey, <laughs> I think there's a ghost in my house because it's not like, um, that would be very accepted in their community. They would immediately probably cry witch against them. Be like, hey, you all are the witches. Anyway, so he kept it to himself and then it just got too much and he, confided in what I think is a friend or a preacher. Now, he's a, a, a different places said different things, but I think he was just a family friend. His name was James Johnson. So he was like, okay, I, I'm going to go over to your house. Let's, I'm going to stay all night. Let's see if I can, if I can experience anything, then maybe there's something to this. If not, then, you know, it's in y'all's head you know, what have you been eating? Um, what have you been smoking? <laughs> that kind of thing. So after he went to bed, Johnson uh, was awoke by a lot of the same shit. So he could hear voices pounding on the walls, um, being touched. And he immediately, like when he got up in the morning, him and Mr. Bell were talking and he said it was a spirit just like in the Bible. So that's how they switched the script on this thing and was like, okay, we're the victims. It comes from the Bible, so we're good. This thing is bad. So after uh, James Johnson had visited the house and said that, of course, it's a small town. Um, yeah, he was a trusted friend, but also small towns and gossip are like the bread and butter for the community. So everybody knew about it. There was, you know, this legend just kind of, spread. And of course, it's like the game of telephone. It starts out one thing and it ends up, you know, completely different. So who knows what the actual truth is in all of this? I just want to point out again that I'm just a little, you know, bent out of shape that they made this assertive person um, a villain in this, but whatever. So um, they decided they were gonna, you know, just see if they could live with it. So the apparition actually began to speak to them in coherent sentences. And some of those reported sentences were um, like, if you asked, who are you and what do you want? The spirit would, would answer you and say, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. Yikes. <laughs> um, that would creep me out if I got a coherent audible, like not my inner, like, your intuitive ear, just like my physical ear heard a sentence like that, I'd probably bounce. So um, they went with this and the spirit even offered them like weird reasons why she is haunting them. Like so one of the explanations that they said that she told them was that they their farm was on a Native American burial ground. So they're like, well, shit. And then this spirit supposedly sent um, Drew and Bennett, which I think were his children, on like this crazy goose chase for buried treasure, which they never found. Um, 
So it just started really escalating and they really started playing into all of this shit. Like, I don't know, for me, I try, like if, if I have a, if, say I have an active haunting in my home, which I'm quite familiar with. <laughs> um, I'm not going to directly interact with that thing very much because it just gives it strength. Like you interacting with it and and letting it lead you on all these goose chases is obviously it manipulating you. So don't let it do that. <laughs> just my little, another PSA from me. Um, so anyway, so they, they started actually doing the things that this spirit was telling them to do or giving them suggest suggestions about treasures. It just, it seems crazy to me. So anyway, um, it was once said that the spirit had repeated word for word, two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. That is cre creepy. That's like the exorcist creepy. I don't like that. <laughs> um, so the entity, they said, was very, very educated on the Bible and religious dogma and really, really enjoyed bantering back and forth about religion, which... If I become a ghost, I'm totally going to argue with people about religion and spirituality. She sounds awesome. Anyway, um, so they also said, see, this just, uh, this next thing. So also the Bells had claimed that those this witch spirit uh, shared gossip about activities in other households. And um, if people would visit their house, this is how she supposedly got this gossip. So if people visited their house, supposedly she went back to with their friend to their own house and then got the scoop and then came back and told them, which Jesus Christ, that just sounds like horseshit. I'm sorry. I got to call my bullshit flag on this one. I'm sorry. Y'all are gossips and you wanted an excuse, a scapegoat, somebody to like take the blame for your, you know, shady ass gossip <laughs> that they blamed it on poor um kate B bats yeah anyway so um this other thing so a lot of people doubted it of course i mean i've got my doubts about this whole thing so a lot of people doubted it and so james johnson uh had a son named john and he decided he had a test for the witch so he wanted to mention or think about in his head something that no one outside his family would know. So he was going to ask this entity what his Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina would say when there's, when her slaves would act up. Okay, one, I, I'm just, <clears throat> the slaves thing, I, I get that that was back then, but grr. Anyway, um, she... The, the, she, so they asked the this entity which that question and supposedly she replied in his grandmother's accent so she was dutch and he and i don't know what that fucking sounds like so i'm not gonna try but this is what the witch said hut tut what has happened now so and i guess that's the exact same thing that his step grandmother in north carolina would say when her slaves would act up um that's, uh, that, right, if that's true, like, if that, if, why are you still there? I get that there's financial reasons and you can't leave your farm or whatever, but, dude, I would sleep in the barn. I would do anything but live in that house. Like, no, just no. <laughs> so, anyway, um, 
There's a couple other stories. One of them was that they had an outside investigator. Some guy came in to uh, investigate this haunting. And he was talking about his family overseas. And I guess this entity started conversing with him and began to like uh, match the accent. So mimic his English parents and how they spoke. And he was a really big skeptic. So even experiencing this stuff, he was like, there's got to be an explanation, super, super critical. And he left and he went back to um, England. And I guess later they got the bell, the bells got a, um, a letter from this dude. And he said he apologized for all of his, um, you know, skepticism and his non-belief because the family or the, the entity had actually visited his family in England. So he was scared as shit and said, sorry, my bad. So they lived with this entity in their home as if she like was a guest, like she stayed there and they just kind of dealt with it. And I guess after a little bit of time had went by, the spirit actually started taking a really strong liking for John Bell's wife, Lucy gonna take just a quick 60 second break for me to tell you about our sponsor for this episode green moon apothecary celebrate Samhain and the thinning of the veil with green moon apothecary a subscription box that offers tools for self-care witchcraft and wellness all with a cannabis infused twist in modern day witchcraft more and more people are exploring how the cannabis plant can be incorporated into their spiritual practices each of Green Moon Apothecary's boxes includes specialty curated items to assist with ritual and spell work, manifestation, and divination, all while celebrating the spirit of the cannabis plant and the wheel of the year. Indulge in enchantment by subscribing to a Green Moon box or explore their many magical weed products at www.greenmoon.ca. Be sure to follow the Witches of Green Moon on Instagram at green.moon.apothecary for the latest news and witch tips. Make sure to use the code witchywoman10 for 10% off your first order. Samhain 2020 box deadline is October 19th to guarantee shipment. And one of the reports of what she felt for her was that she was the most perfect woman to walk earth. Aw, that's super cute. Um, and I guess this uh, the, the witch spirit would give her fresh fruit and sing like Bible songs to her and just really, really treated her well. So I don't know if I lived in a house and I had a bunch of siblings and like one of them was treated really awesome by the ghost and my ass got my covers, you know, pulled off every night. I think I'd be a little salty about that, like real salty. Be like, why, why her? You know, why this person and not me? Anyway. Um, so time went on and he, she started to refer for some reason. It's reported that this entity started referring to John Bell as Old Jack. So she started calling him Old Jack for some reason. I don't know why. And I don't even know why that's important, but I found it in more than one source. So weird. Um, so she started telling Old Jack that she was going to kill him. And that she was going to, she's cursed him and all kinds of bad things. Like she just kept saying, you're going to die. You're going to die. Um, and I'm going to kill you. So 
this is where it gets weird, okay? Um, so the story goes, uh, one day Jack, old Jack, uh, Mr. Bell, died. It was assumed that he was poisoned, like he had drank something. So what they did was his, one of the sons, I can't remember, John Jr., I think, um, he gave, see, and then the, hmm, the stories are weird. Like, they say he was poisoned. Well, did he eat something? It sounds like more he drink he drank something, and he died immediately. So to test whether that was poison, John Jr. Uh, gave whatever it was to the cat, and the cat died instantly. So they were like, oh, my God, he was poisoned. And I guess at that moment, the entity, this witch ghost, you know, started talking in the sing-song voice and was like, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. So the story goes that John Jr. grabbed the vial uh, the or the glass or whatever it was and threw it into the fireplace where it burst into a bright bluish flame and shot up the chimney. What? So I was curious, like the sciency part of me was like, okay, blue flame. There are things that make like if you put them in a, a liquid suspension and start them on fire, exposing them to flame, it burns. That that element or mineral or whatever will burn a certain color. If you look up what color blue um, blue flame comes from, so if you put copper chloride uh, in the flame, it will burn blue. So then I was like, what's made out of copper chloride? Interesting enough, these are the things that are made um, from copper chloride. And I'm gonna read them off. So it's an, it says it's a catalyst for organic and inorganic reactions. For dyeing and printing textiles, pigment for glass and ceramics, wood preservative, disinfectant, insecticide, fungicide, and herbicide. And as a catalyst for the production of chlorine in hydrogen chlorine. So if you think back, way, way, way back then, could have this been some kind of um, dye that they put in it? Like, did somebody, not the witch, let's just say mundane stuff. Like, like think Clue. Like, who murdered, you know, John Bell uh, with copper chloride? It could have been some kind of pigment for glass. Like, what if they had a glass and for some reason the pigment in the glass came out? I don't know if that's possible, but ceramics for sure. Um... If he was a farmer, clear back then, did they have like insecticides and fungicides? Probably some kind of thing, right? So anyway, there was, it was, it should have been um, pretty easy for them to get a hold of it. Like I Googled how dangerous um, copper chloride is and it says, here is what it says, contact can severely, severely, so it's a pain in the ass to get it in your eyes. It can also um, cause uh, extra salivation, nausea, vomiting, stomach pain, diarrhea, throat and lungs, coughing, wheezing. So it could like really fuck you up. And back then, I don't think that would have been good to like get that shit in your system because it's not like they had great healthcare back then. So anyway, did someone actually kill John Bell that was in his family? Hmm. Just saying. So I wanted to look and see if Mr. Bell had any kind of medical things going on because this immediately like intrigued me. When I read about the poison and the blue fire, I was like, hmm. So I looked it up and evidently, according to some a historian and a descendant of um, Mr. Bell, 
he supposedly had some kind of affliction where it made him, it made it hard for him to like swallow when he ate. So, so something's going on in his throat. So there's like, it's hard to swallow. Um, it says he suffered episodes that are very seizure-like. And uh, it's probably some kind of um, nervous system disorder, according to um, historians and this this descendant. And supposedly the witch would laugh at him. Like when he was trying to eat and he couldn't swallow, she would laugh. So was somebody, was somebody like systematically poisoning him, like slowly poisoning him is what I'm thinking. So it said that he died in 1820 at the age of 70. Um, so did somebody, I, did somebody poison him? That's what I, I think that's what happened. There might've been some kind of ghost, but what if he was actually slowly poisoned? Like when I was reading the things that, you know, this copper chloride can actually do to you, um, irritation of the nose, throat, and lungs. So if he had like inflammation in his throat and his lungs, it would definitely made it, it would make it really hard to swallow, um, some of these things said that uh, it can cause, you know, long-term exposure can cause things um, uh, degrading your nervous system. So seizures, um, inability to your balance, that kind of thing. Um, so what, like, what if one of his family members was like, you're a fucking asshole and just started poisoning him? Like, I'm going to say probably the wife. I'm just saying. Like, she makes the food back then. Like, the wife always, you know, cooked. So, what if she was putting that shit in his food or in his drink or something? And that's what happened. So, supposedly, they actually found, like, I'm, I'm reading, I, I took a break. And I was like, where, like, is it actually a vial? So, supposedly, they had found a an actual vial of poison next to his bed. And that is the guy who found it was supposedly, like I said earlier, John Bell's son, uh, John Jr. So did he, did, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, that sounds like a lot of family drama. I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, if some of the kids were hurt and some of the kids had, um, you know, had been physically hurt, maybe John Bell was like some kind of abusive, shitty husband and she offed him. And it makes sense because she could have done it like over time because he had start developing um, strange health issues like the swollen uh, throat and the weird seizures and the, the weakness and the other physical symptoms he started having. What if she was like poisoning him with the copper chloride this entire time and finally he just died and because it seems like afterwards the haunting stopped. They said that... I think one of the kids, one of the daughters had called off an engagement because of the death and the drama, and then they moved away or something and came back, and um, the the wife, Lucy, said that she just doesn't interact with it, and the uh, activity went away. So, to me, that sounds so much like something happened. Like, she fucking offed her husband. <laughs> like, that's my theory about this whole thing. But... Apparently, this is like a big legend um, around the town, around the area, and um, you can go visit some of the places that um, are corresponded with the Bell Witch. Anyway, I'll get off that 
freaking soapbox for a while. Um, so some weird things happened after he died. So I guess during one of the, um, like the wake or whatever they had, like the funeral, they were interrupted by drinking songs that, uh, supposedly the bell witch was singing. Um, it just, I don't know. It just seems weird. Um, so eventually this story got passed down, you know, from person to person. Some of the Bell family will talk about it. Some of them are absolutely 100% against it. There's been reporters say, said that, you know, when they go to investigate the story and get more information, there's like a part of the family's very closed mouthed about it and just will like, won't even say no. They just turn around and walk away, which is interesting. So, so many different things have been said about it as far as like what it is. So if you think about this as like a game of telephone, you know, when you tell, you start out with one sentence and you know, you whisper it in the next person's ear. And then by the time it gets to the 10th person, it's not even close to the original sentence, right? So um, there's actually some manuscripts and stories written by some of the descendants. My dogs are barking, shut up, Fred. I swear to God, they cannot, like this entire episode, my older Chihuahua Freddy has not shut up. I've had to stop, erase barks, and go forward. And from now on, I'm, you know what? He's going to bark. I'm really sorry if the barking annoys you. <laughs> anyway, um, so some people have, have attributed all this to like a vampire type lore, um, supernatural powers um, like that are, they said, very much like a, a, a jinn or um, like a genie. Um, or a trickster genie. Some of the, it's just gotten crazy. So I'm going to read you part of what Richard Williams Bell wrote in a manuscript. He said, and I quote, and this is from the Authenticated History of the Bell Witch, Chapter 8. Whether it was witchery, such as afflicted people in past centuries and darker ages, whether some gifted fiend of hellish nature practicing sorcery for selfish enjoyment, or some more modern modern science akin to that of mesmerism, or some hobgoblin native to the wilds of the country, or a disembodied soul shut out from heaven, or an evil spirit like those Paul drove out of the man into the swine, setting them mad, or a demon let loose from hell. hell. I am unable to decide, nor has anyone yet divined its nature or cause for appearing. And I trust this description of the monster in all forms and shapes and of many tongues will lead experts who may come with a wiser generation to a correct conclusion and satisfactory explanation. End quote. So basically his descendants are like some of them, like this guy, he wrote, he wrote a book about it. Um, I think that some of them are very open-minded as to what happened. Like, was it actually a haunting? Was it demons? What was it? Um, or was it something mundane? Like, um, this is, I'm, this is my theory and I'm sticking to it. I think that this whole thing was, um, he, he sounds like a real asshole. I'm sorry, but he sounded like a real asshole. So because this is just what I'm going with. I think that he was an ass. He pissed off the neighbor. Um, he probably sounded a little, like some of the stories, he sounds very strict, very authoritarian. Maybe here, maybe um, he punished the kids too roughly. Her, His wife didn't like it. And so she was like, fuck this guy. 
I just, we just bought a, a 300 acre farm not too long ago. It's prospering. You know what I should do? I should probably kill him off slowly and in the, in the mix of it all, he kind of went mad. And you know how like when people are like, they talk about it in cults and uh, that group or hive mind when when one person says something happens and then another one believes it it takes very little proof for that third person to believe what the two previous people said happened and so on and so forth so it's kind of like group mentality when one screams wolf the uh, all everyone believes it um so i'm wondering if that's kind of what happened he went mad you know he said he saw a dog with a rabbit head or whatever like really um so maybe he started going mad from the freaking copper chloride or whatever it was she was feeding him and he started hallucinating and, you know, he told his children, which children are very impressionable, maybe they started believing it, you know, and the neighbor or his friend believing it, he could have totally set it up. He could have been in the next room rapping on the walls or whatever to make it sound like shit was happening. But anyway, that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. She murdered, John Bell was a dick, Lucy murdered him, got his fucking fortune, and lived happily ever after. And then history blamed it on a woman that was portrayed as being a bitch that he didn't like. And so he made her into this fictitious, you know, spirit, witch spirit that that hated him and was punishing him. So, wah, 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 John Bell. Sorry. <laughs> think it's I'm just in one of those moods I'm like in a smash the patriarchy stop bless start blame stop fuck stop blaming females or anybody who is not a cis white male <laughs> for everything you know um okay I should like seriously there are days like this where I probably should not have access to a mic in the internet I have so much swirling around in my head um, because of all of our current events and everything that's been going on. Also, Mercury. <laughs> Mercury is in retrograde, so there's that too. So that could explain a lot of all of the thoughts, like the things that I feel like I can't get out of my head and make into coherent sentences. I'm, I'm blaming that on Mercury. <laughs> could be too much caffeine, but I'm also blaming it on Mercury. Also, so... If anybody out there is like a trained mental health professional, like psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever. So riddle me this. So I listen to a lot of like angry screaming music. I love it. It's like, to me, it's super soothing. So my husband and I are driving down the road to go get supplies for some house repairs. And he's like, you want to listen to your music? I'm like, yeah. So I have a playlist. I just call, it's just called Scream on my Spotify and so we're listening to that and Brad's like, dude, you're so chill right now. You should listen to this while you try to go to sleep. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yelling, you know, screaming and yelling. And he's like, yeah, but it soothes you. It's what you go to to feel safe and you like it. And I'm like, true. So um, last night I took my, you know, night night time pills that I'm supposed to take and they never work, but I take them anyway. So I'm taking them and I go to, to, go to bed and... Um, it takes me till midnight to go, oh, fuck, yeah, let's do the, the, the screen music, the, the metal music while I sleep and see if that helps. So, like, at midnight last night, I turned on my, my playlist, and within, like, I don't remember, maybe the fifth song, maybe, is what I can remember 
hearing and I was asleep. So I listened to metal music until like 5.30 this morning from like midnight to 5.30. Um, why does my brain think that metal music is soothing? Because I've tried listening to like the soft meditation music, like background soothing stuff um, while I sleep to see if that helps and it does not. I mean, it chills me out for sure, um, but it doesn't soothe me if that makes any sense so I, I can't go to sleep to it so anyway uh inquiring mind would like to know <laughs> what makes my brain think that's soothing um i i i want to know because you know i gotta know the whys but um also it's whatever i, I it doesn't matter why because it's actually working and so tonight I'm just going to start turn i'm going to turn it on right away as soon as i go to bed and see if i can actually get like Man, if I could get like eight hours of sleep, I don't even know what I would do with my day. Like, that would blow my mind <laughs> if I could get eight hours of sleep every day or every night. Woohoo! So that's my goal. I'm going to start doing that and see if that helps. Also, I tried because I need to start exercising more. I have like totally not been doing the things um, as far as my physical health. So today, this morning, I woke up and I freaking worked out and 15 minutes in, I thought I was going to die. So I'm trying to like wear my body out, hope, hopefully, hoping that that will also help me sleep is if, if I can burn off some excess energy because I have been neglecting that. I would like do the outside stuff and walking and hang out with my animals and whatever, but I need to do more. So I did that. I'm sure I will hurt later, but I am trying the mundane things first, like a preach. I'm always saying, do the mundane things first <laughs> and then go from there. And I have not been doing the exercising part to my mundane health practice. So um, I'm doing that. So this, uh, this week, so to today, it's like I'm getting this episode a little out a little later than I wanted because I could not find my mic, but I found it, <laughs> um, in all the chaos of house rearranging and, uh, the electrical, we had almost an electrical fire on Saturday in the wall. Um, so I packed up everything that I felt was important to me, which in, I, I have PTSD due to some, um previous experiences with fire so brad was like i'm i'm gonna go turn off the breaker you pack up all the things you feel are necessary so these are the things that <laughs> my ptsd brain went like spun out and so these are the things i put in my suitcases i put um my mic in there with the cords that go to it i picked up a couple books. The one I was reading, which is uh, Matt Oren's Psychic, the, the Psychic Witch. And then I picked up one that I had just got called The Witch's Book of Mysteries by Devin Hunter. I like threw a bunch of my journals in that same suitcase and all of my Oracle and Tarot, tarot, tarot cards. All of that stuff went in one um, suitcase and I just, yes, those were the most important things. The things I actually forgot, like I got my horse, my horse's registration papers, but I didn't get my own birth certificate um, put in any of those said um, bags and suitcases. I just, yeah, I panicked. So anyway, I finally found what bag I put these in and what vehicle, because I started like putting, I would go out the front door with like a new load of stuff. And so I had to figure out what was in what vehicle and in what suitcase. But everything's fine now. We had the electrician come out. Um, not really sure why um, we almost had a fire, but he terminated 
the wiring going to the heater that we think had a problem. So everything's fine. We've actually, that happened on Saturday. He fixed it um, yesterday and things are fine. I will be on Instagram later. I found my cards so I can actually pull cards for people. So I think I might do that later this afternoon a little bit. And then what is tomorrow? Tomorrow is Wednesday. I don't know. I know I have some stuff going on. Oh, I'm recording tomorrow. I'm doing some videos and editing some videos for YouTube. And then Thursday in the coven, we have uh, everyone's pulling or not everybody. Um, it's the members of the coven pull cards live. So you can sign up for that um, in our coven group. And then Friday, what do I have Friday? I don't know what I have Friday and for the weekend, but um, I'll figure that out. <laughs> I've been trying to pour more energy into better episodes, um, new content as far as all my social media platforms that I'm on and uh, getting out some videos on YouTube. They are really hard. So I know people are like, why? You said you were going to upload this and this and this. Dude, it takes me forever because I have the shittiest freaking internet ever. Like, it's bad. So like a 15 minute video takes an hour and a half to upload. So I have a couple of the interviews from some past episodes that I really want to get uploaded and I it keeps failing. It's like my internet tries and tries and tries and then just says fuck it. <laughs> so Oh, I promise I'm trying to figure that out. If anybody that's techie out there could tell me a good program to compress um, and make files easier to, uh, video files easier to upload to YouTube, please, 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 please send me a PM, a DM, a freaking email, whatever it is. I will try anything at this point because I have like a couple of really great interviews. I'd love to share the one with Danielle Dolsky with you guys. And there's like four or five other ones, but I cannot, it will not finish uploading. <laughs> so there's that. Okay, guys, if you would like to join the coven, go to witchywomanpodcast.com. Click on join the coven. And our coven is an online um, Facebook group that's private. And we do coven stuff there. We do spells. We do card pulls. Um, I teach classes there. There's like, I think, five or six classes that are archived there that you can take at your own pace. So much stuff going on there. And then um, we have all the benefits for each tier. So we have three tiers. All of those are, are explained when you click on join the coven. Our structure has changed a little bit due to COVID and just some limitations with shipping and getting our raw materials to make stuff and send them out to you guys. So um, we have switched to non-tangible benefits, which include uh, readings, classes, things like that. So I've been doing mediumship and uh, card pulls for our citrine group this month. They each get a 15-minute uh, reading from me every month and then a 30 minute minute one every quarter. So I've been super busy with those. So if anybody has tried to contact me or email me, it's because I am like, I don't know, the other day I think I did like 10, 11 readings in a day and that's kind of a lot. So um, there's that. So there have been like alternating between the 15 minute one and the 30 minute one. Some people are doing all 45 minutes at once. It's whatever. Anyway, also, um, big shout out to our uh, podcast, our regular podcast sponsors, which are uh, 
Brandy Burrow, uh, Brandy Burrow Astrology and Tarot. And then we also have Shelly Leggett, and she has changed her business to the Violet Circle. So she's formerly of Lavender Potions, and she has been doing, they've both been doing a lot of business changes and restructuring. So check them out. Click on the sponsors page on my website and you can read all about them and all the great services they offer you. They'll both be teaching classes in um, a private group called the Citrine Group for the Citrine members this quarter. Um, Stay tuned for more information about that. That's all I got for now. Look forward to more spooky episodes for the rest of this month. I will be talking about Samhain in the next episode plus doing some spooky shit because I know I've been getting a lot of questions about what what can I do for Samhain? How can I celebrate? And so we will talk about different ways that you can celebrate and create your own Samhain traditions. So I guess that's all. So in the holy shit, probably no more coffee for me today. (laughs) So until next time, stay witchy. Bye-bye.